Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We got to get to Chris Fedor. We got to get to Chris Fedor. Um, and he, we'll talk a little bit about the Cavs. Interested in seeing what his, his thoughts is on Kevin Love. Um, thought, thoughts on uh, Colin Sexton. And um, so we'll, we'll go to that right now. But first, I'm going to ask you, uh, we're welcome to the North Ormsay Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Chris Fedor of Cleveland.com, Cavs beat reporter, is in the building today. What's going on, Chris? What's up, Garrett, man? How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good, man. I got to ask you, we talking we, we talk man laws today. Do you mm. have a universal man law um, that you would like to add to the ledger? Man, I don't think I do, to be honest with you. Um, I, I think... One of the only ones that I can think of is um, if you're at a gym and you're using a public shower, uh, wear a towel. Don't just walk around and let everything <laughs> hang out there. You're right, bro. That, like you know, I was going to say, I thought you were going to say if you're in a, a gym in a public shower, you got to wear shower sandals, which I'm like, <laughs> that's, that's a good thing. But people that, that move to towelless, yeah, guys are open, right? Good gracious. Yeah. Just don't do that. <laughs> don't wear a towel, bro, and social distance, especially if you don't have a towel. Two one six five seven eight double nine two. Hey, let's get back. Let's get into this thing. Um, you know, the Cleveland Cavaliers, man, uh, season is over. Mm-hmm. <sighs> you know, every single person that I continue to talk to about the Cavs, um, they 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 fall in one or two places. They they think Colin Sexton is good and he's a good kid. Um, but then there's this thing that they're like, well, I don't know if he should get a max deal or should they trade Colin Sexton because he's good, but he's not that good to build around. And yeah. I, I can't remember a time when you had a guy that was getting 24, 25 points that actually had rumors of him not getting a max deal. It just seems like it's a foregone conclusion now in sports when you, you if you do well your first contract, they just offer you the max. Um, how is this? Is there something crazy that happened with, with Colin Sexton or have you seen this play out uh, with, with any players uh, of his ilk? I was trying to go through. Um, the last three, four years or something like that, GB, of the um, of the rookie-scale max guys and trying to see who got them, who didn't get them, how many all-star appearances they had at the time that they did get them. It's tough, right, because like part of it is, yes, you want to pay the guy for what they've already accomplished. But 
these are the kinds of decisions that if you make them as an organization, they can really impact what you do for the next three to five years. And you just don't want to be in a situation where you're stuck with a contract that is considered a negative asset, right? Right now, there are contracts in the league that are considered negative assets. C.J. McCollum is considered a negative asset because of what he makes, because of his age, because of the style that he plays, because of his limitations. You can say the same thing about Kevin Love. And I think the Cavs really have to be careful and they have to be honest in their evaluation of Colin Sexton, both as what he's accomplished to this point and who he can be in the future. And I think one of the most difficult things about the Colin Sexton conversation, G. Bush, is that he is an outlier. A lot of the things that he's done, you cannot take away. He has been one of the best players from the 2018 draft class. He has outplayed his number eight overall pick. But the truth is, he is an outlier as a starting shooting guard in the NBA. So that's what, to me, makes the conversation so difficult. Yeah, you know, this is crazy. When you go back and look at my conversations on Colin Sexton, there's Mm -hmm. there's a level of I've I've come on shows and be like, man, listen, this just ain't it. (laughs) I'm watching other teams. This ain't it. Like I'm looking at, you know, his skill set and other people's skill sets and it just don't add up. But then you go and you hear people take it a step further and be like, oh, he's garbage. They need to trade him. And then you defend him because you're like, hey, man, like, come on. Who, what guy that is a number eight pick ever mm-hmm. just came in and got 25 a game? He is so polarizing. And another thing yeah. that makes it so difficult is that he's a he's one of the best guys in terms of all he does is show up, work hard, right. say the right things and, and be be a solid citizen. That makes it even more difficult as well. Does that even factor into the Cavs' decision? Absolutely, for sure. He's the kind of guy that you're willing to invest in. He's the kind of guy that you're willing to believe in. He's the kind of guy that you're willing to put you know, 28 29 $30 million behind. And it's very similar to the conversation that the Cavs members of the front office were having um, at the time of the 2018 draft. Like They believed at that time G. Bush, that Colin wasn't going to fail. They didn't know if he was going to be a great player, and his agent believed the same kinds of things. Um, They didn't know if he was going to be a great player, right? They didn't know if he was going to average, you know, 24 points per game by year three. Um, They didn't know if he was ever going to be an all-star. But they believed deep down that he wasn't going to fail. And he was going to have a long, productive NBA career because of all those things that you mentioned, his competitiveness, his work ethic, um, his ability to score. Those kinds of things are absolutely worth investing in. But now you're at a point where you have to put a value on that, right? You have to put a monetary value on that. And the only thing that I'll say is, even if the Cavs do give him the rookie scale max, and I don't know ultimately how this is going to go this offseason. I think it's a very, very tricky conversation. Um, but if they go the direction and give him the rookie scale max, that does not mean that they are building around Colin Sexton. That means they're building with Colin Sexton. Okay. Jamal Murray got the rookie scale max. Nobody is saying that the Denver Nuggets are building around Jamal Murray. Are they? No, 
they're building around Nikola Jokic. Um, you know, a guy like Pascal Siakam got a four-year rookie scale max from the Toronto Raptors. At the time that he got that deal, it didn't mean that the Raptors were building around him. They were building around Kyle Lowry. Um, but that just meant that they wanted to invest in Pascal. They wanted to invest in Jamal Murray and felt like those guys were pieces of the rebuild. And I think you can at least say at this point in time, um, whether you believe that he is the guy or not, and I don't believe that you can build around Colin Sexton, I don't believe he's the guy, I don't believe anybody in the organization believes he's the guy. Um, But at the very least, you can say that that is somebody that you want to have on your roster moving forward. And if that means you have to overpay a little bit to have that kind of person and that kind of player in your organization, um, the Cavs are in no position to allow that kind of talent to walk out the door, that kind of draft success to walk out the door at this point in time. The good news is they don't have to make the decision technically this offseason. They could just let it go into restricted free agency next offseason. And just basically let somebody else set the market for you? Absolutely right. Like, if you don't know truly what his value is and you're having legitimate questions about what his value is, like we are right now, right, these are the same kinds of conversations that the Cavs are having internally. And if they're having those conversations and we're having these conversations, then let the market determine Colin Sexton's value. And here's the other thing. 2022 free agency class is supposed to be one of the best ever. So he could easily get lost amongst all those other legitimate all-star caliber players that um, the Cavs may not have to go um, as high as the kinds of conversations that we're having right now. Um, let me ask you this question. Um, by the way, we're talking to Chris Feeder of Cleveland.com, the beat reporter um, for the Cavs. Um, let me ask you this. Uh, mm-hmm. Honest opinion. What When you saw uh, <laughs> Porter Jr. get 50 for the Rockets, yeah. what, was your, what was your first thought? <laughs> My first thought was that's the kind of talent that the Cavs believed in from the very beginning. <laughs> That's the kind of talent that his coaches saw and his teammates saw. And I think I wrote it at the time, GB, the the decision to move on from Kevin Porter Jr., whether uh, there were reasons behind it or not, and the Cavs know the full story and they know all the things that they had to deal with when it came to him. And I don't think the Houston Rockets are out of the woods. Honestly, I don't think you're ever out of the woods when you're dealing with a guy like that that has those kinds of demons. Um, but the truth is, like, that's the kind of talent that allowing it to go out the door for whatever reason is going to be a setback to this rebuild, especially when you don't have that kind of talent existing on the roster to begin with. Like that's the kind of high level talent that this team has been searching for during this rebuild. That's the kind of high level talent that the team was searching for in the first rebuild. Um, So to see him go somewhere else and flourish one, I was happy for him because I had a number of conversations with him. I I thought I had some kind of handle on some of the things that he was dealing with, with his life, his personal demons. So to see that kind of person have success at that kind of level, I was happy for him. And it just highlights the kind of talent um, that he always had. 
and talent has never been the question with Kevin Porter Jr. Talent was not why he fell to number 30, right? Talent is not why only one team was interested in trading for him when the Cavs made him available. Um, it's always the other stuff with him, and that's going to determine ultimately whether he makes it in the NBA or not, whether he makes it in life or not. Let's go to the determining factor with Kevin Love. You you have a you know article out there. You've been doing some stuff the last couple of days with Kevin Love. Um, you know he had the you know issues during the middle of the season, um, which were well documented and covered. You know you know not being happy. We're mm-hmm. just playing um, with with a with a rebuild, and I think a lot of uh, players feel that they can deal with the rebuild and, and that money that they get up front yeah. is kind of like, yeah, man, I, I, I could deal with that. I mean, help some guys, <laughs> mentor some dudes. But right. when you've you've been around in the USA basketball, you've yep. you've rubbed elbows with LeBron and Kyrie and you're seeing those guys continuously have that success, it just wears on people. And and a lot of veterans can't di- can't get them wrap their mind around of it like two, three years later. You know, where where do you where where do you think the Kevin Love thing goes? Um, do the Cavs need to give back twenty? Or does he need to give back twenty, thirty percent of the contract for this deal to get done? So this is the interesting thing, GB, and I think you're absolutely right in terms of your assessment about a rebuild. It's easy to say that you're okay with losing games and you're on board with a plan, but then you actually have to feel those losses. Then you actually have to go through those mental struggles and lose 10 games in a row, 13 of the last 14. And you have to feel that on a daily basis. You have to feel that and you have to go through that and you have to try and find motivation and stuff like that. I had a number of conversations with Kevin going back a couple of years um, about how difficult it was going to be for him to go from four straight years of chasing titles to shifting into chasing lottery balls. And the way that he phrased it to me is that it was a mind F. That's how he phrased it. And, and I felt for him. Um, I felt for members of the organization that were having to go through that and suffer through that. So it's not easy. Rebuilds are really, really difficult. And they take a toll. And they're not for everybody. They're not for every coach. They're not for every GM. They're not for every owner. They're not for every player. Really difficult. Not for every fan base, as you can tell. Um <laughs> But, like, the bottom line is, when it comes to Kevin, GB, there is no easy solution to this problem. You can sit there and you can have these trade conversations, but understand that if the Cavs are going to trade Kevin Love, they're going to have to give up an asset or two. That means a draft pick or a young player attached to Kevin just to get a team to take that bad contract because the team around the NBA is looking at the situation saying, we're doing you a favor by taking Kevin from you. So give us something to incentivize us to do that for you. Um, A buyout has not been discussed, I'm told. And the sense that I get is if they go the buyout direction, those conversations are going to have to be initiated by Kevin Um, because the Cavs still feel like he can, emphasis on can, be an asset. He spaces the floor. He makes things easier on Darius Garland and Colin Sexton. Um, there's a value to having him around um, on court, not just off court. They believe off court he still has value. I think that's debatable at this point in time, especially with some of his actions, but that's a belief that they have. So they like don't want to get into a situation 
where they make a decision on a buyout or a wave and stretch, that's it. They don't have Kevin anymore. They don't have somebody who they they think can be an asset. Um, and his salary still affects some of the things that they can do around the roster. So in, in order for that to happen, I do think Kevin would have to initiate those conversations. And GB, I think you would have to give away like a big chunk of that contract to make it worth it for the Cavs. Because otherwise, they're still paying him. They still can't make moves around the roster because that contract is a problem and he's playing for somebody else. Like They aren't at a point right now that the Detroit Pistons were at with Blake Griffin where they were just ready to shift into we're playing all of our young guys no matter what. They're trying to take steps forward. They're going to try and be competitive this upcoming season. And they still believe, whether they're right or wrong about this, that they are more competitive with Kevin on the court on this roster than otherwise. Last question really really quickly here. Um, Worst case scenario, um, best case scenario for the draft, obviously if you get the first pick, Cunningham is a guy that everybody has identified as the number one pick. What's the worst case scenario as the Cavs are uh, looking to play ping pong balls again um, in, in the top eight? What's the player that you're like, oh, goodness, uh, if they get him, it's like, uh, we're back in the same boat. He really doesn't move the needle very much. Yeah. Um, best case scenario, obviously, is Kate Cunningham. I've said this a few different times, GP. There's no team in the NBA that needs Kate Cunningham more than the Cavs. And there's no player type. There's no player type that they need more than Kate Cunningham. They need a big um, two-way playmaking wing to take pressure off Colin Sexton and Darius Garland. Like, that's Kate Cunningham. There he is, just waiting for you, the kind of player that you need. Um, I think worst-case scenario is somebody like Corey Kispert, where they get just like a specialist-type player in the top ten. Like, do they need a shooter? Absolutely they do. Um, but if you're drafting in the top 10, you know, ending up with a specialist in this kind of draft where there's a lot of star power, man, that would be really, really difficult for the Cavs, especially, um, after the season that they had this past year, you would want in in theory, you would want some kind of reward for everything that this organization went through over the last year. All right, man, Chris, as always, man, I appreciate you coming on. You dropping a lot of knowledge, a lot of stuff for us today in terms of what was going on with the Cavs. Um, we'll definitely want to get um, back with you as the draft rolls around and, and they bring guys in and start working those guys out. Sounds good, brother. You know how to get in touch. All right, man. Appreciate you. Chris Fedor on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.